Consumption Log 006. Hey everybody, welcome to the Actual Garbage Podcast, Consumption Log Bee-Boo-Bop. I'm David Paddock, to my virtual left, we've got Jacob Paddock. It's me again. We've got, to his virtual left, Pavio Ramey. Yep, here to talk. And to his physical left, we have Alberto Ramey. Hello. We're here to discuss Borderlands 1's 2 pre-sequel and everything else that's come out that's vaguely related to this Gearbox classic. If it might have a psycho pointing a gun to his head, we're probably going to talk about it. So, people who have played Borderlands for longer than I have, by quite a bit. (laughs) Alberto, actually, you're the wild card here. How long have you played Borderlands 1? How long have I played Borderlands 1? I don't know. I, I used to play it, like, every day for at least a couple of hours. That's like completely insane. Ago. How many hours do you think that is? I don't know. Like you it, make that sound like at, it was at least at least a hundred. I'm sure. Oh, okay. Well, that doesn't sound insane at all. Hav, how many hours have you played Borderlands One for? Borderlands One, I think I got up to 120 hours. Yeah. I'm Boring. Sure I got up to Jacob, how many hours have you put into <laughs> Borderlands? God, I'm gonna feel like an asshole. Like 1,200. <laughs> Jesus. That's slightly more. Repeat I... that number. Uh. Uh. One, two, zero, zero. <laughs> okay, so what were you doing? What what is the so? Uh, and I guess I guess I'll, I'll round out the table. I played through Borderlands one once. I found it very enjoyable and put it down after thirteen hours. So um, we've got some magnitudes here. We've got the twelve. We've got the one twenty, and we've got the twelve hundred. Yeah, solid. Um. Yeah, so oh actually I guess let's let's just keep going around this. Uh who here has played Borderlands 2? I have me. Raise your virtual hand. Okay, so everybody here has played it. Alberto, how long have you played that for? Have you beat it? Uh yes I did. I, I wanna save some almost equal amount of time because I had at least a couple of weeks where I would play it for at least one hour every day. I know that because I did it during class. I know that I've done this for at least 100 hours, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Hav? I think I might have gotten a little bit further because I really enjoyed Borderlands 2, so I might have gotten up to the 200 mark. Jacob? Uh, I've put about 80 or 90 hours in it, and I never finished it. Okay. And I've put what looks like about 13 hours in, and I didn't finish it. We'll get back to that, though. Pre-sequel? Alberto? Hav? I think I've gotten about 10 hours in a pre-sequel. Jacob? I'm sitting at about... Four hours. No, actually, never mind. That sounds closer. Probably closer to four or six. I don't think I got to ten. Okay. And I haven't played any of that. Tales from the Borderlands, Alberto? I've played episodes one, two, and three. Just one. Hov's at one. Jacob? Never touched it. And I I opened it and then shut it. So... (laughs) Excellent. We are all well qualified to talk about all these games. (laughs) Okay. So, yeah, no, we've got... Well, the phenomenon all started... This all goes back to Borderlands 1. Borderlands 1, uh, to summarize for those who don't know somehow and are still listening to this podcast, is Diablo with guns. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, You run around, you got one of four classes, they get points in interchangeable abilities, and numbers literally appear on screen, and you get loot that is colored. It's Diablo with guns. Absolutely. So... What is everybody's experience with Diablo around this table? Uh, I have not played Diablo proper. I played Torchlight, which was the, the spin-off of Diablo. Which is Diablo it's a, full stop. Yeah, it's pretty like high-fidelity uh, spin-off of Diablo. But I think I played a good amount of that. I might have gotten 80 hours of Torchlight. I really enjoyed it. Jacob? It was fun. It was pretty. Um, I like loot grinders. Okay. I, have, I never played any of the Diablos except for three. Um, 
Yeah. I'm just trying to think. I I just like loot grinders. MMOs, you get to the end game. That way you can get sweet boots. <laughs> uh, and the same thing in loot Borderlands. Play it so that you can get sweet guns. Jacob approved. Tales of the Booterlands. <laughs> Alberta? I have not ever, ever touched anything Diablo-related. Good, because it would corrupt your youthful mind. <laughs> Something like that. Actually, this game's rated M2, so... Yeah. Um, and I've played... Di I, I've actually... It's slightly ironic. It, I think I've played more traditional classic loot grinders than anyone here. I played Diablos since the first one. I just... Mm -hmm. I don't have much of an affinity for them. Right. So... Do we think that, do we have a consensus on that being the primary reason we're all here talking about this hundreds and hundreds of hours later? The loot grinding? Yes. What is the appeal of this game? Oh, um, I actually don't think the loot grinding is my favorite part of Borderlands. I yeah. think that the environment and the story is my favorite part of Borderlands. I like looking at everything. I like listening to characters talk. The shooting and the watching arrows go up and down is kind of like incidental. It's you have to do this thing to get more talking and environments. Jacob? I I think it does everything just about right, where there's just enough loot grind to scratch that itch to get new cool guns. The environments are cool enough that you want to go and adventure out into them. Uh, the story... I, don't, I actually don't know if I want to open that can of worms quite yet. We'll skip story for right now. That's fine. Mixed feelings. Uh, I mean, the big reason why I kind of liked and, like, fell in love with Borderlands was it was, like, it's not the usual post-apocalyptic, because post-apocalyptic has become Mad Max since that movie came out. That's the only that's the only idea anyone has. There's no original ideas for what post-apocalyptic would be, mm -hmm. which is mm -hmm. why I really don't like Fallout, because it's just Mad Max. It's very uncreative. I mean, that's kind of Everything. ironic. There's literally a boss in Borderlands 1 called Mad Mel, where he drives a car around, so it's kind of funny <laughs> yeah, to mention but that. It's, but that's on a almost like a water world situation, where it's not really Earth. It's it, its own That's not, it's not an apocalypse. It's just how oh, right, yeah. That's true. Yeah. Well, um, and Borderlands, Borderlands' version of Mad Max is very hokey. Yeah. Right, yeah, it's deliberate, it's ironic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. It's silly. Yeah. So it doesn't take itself super seriously, and there there's other things to it. It's not just boring desert. Oh, there's a crazy guy. Drive a car. Boring desert. Find a there's ruin, pick up the stuff from the ruin, find the next ruin. Yeah. See, now, oh, yeah. now, even though I did contribute to this by saying that it is a hokey version of that, I that is entirely the vibe I get out of this game. Because the it's actually the reason it's actually the reason I don't like a lot of the lore um, is I I think the I think the cons and this this applies much more to Borderlands two than it does the first one because the story to Borderlands two is much breezier than the first than the second one but the way that the way that the game basically toys with mortality and morbidity where everybody's perfectly okay murdering the shit out of everybody because that's just how everything works mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is like a complete turnoff to me I don't like that oh yeah that aesthetic. Like between the new use station and the fact that no one minds killing everyone it's... well no that that part's okay because they at least play that plays into the game mechanics that's toying with the mechanics I'm talking about specific characters mm -hmm. who are more or less there to provide comic relief through violence okay I just I th that doesn't appeal to me whatsoever and okay. that's that's actually I mean I don't I, I know we're still talking about borderlands one as opposed to two at this point because there's a bone to pick about two but even 
even in one, the way that that is just what ties everything in the world together <clears throat> makes that feel extremely Mad Max to me. Right. I think I think one of the things that he's pointing out is that it's the setting isn't strictly post-apocalypse. It's just like scoured planet. Like it's just desert planet. It's like pre-apocalypse. It's almost pre um civilization. Yeah. Like it's this is this is the only way we're able to cope. It looks a lot like a post-apocalypse game, of course, but you have to consider that it there are super high-tech people. There's stuff like the Hyperion station and um orbiting Elpis in one of the later games, but it's like this is a, a high-tech world. We still have all the old technology. We're just kind of building off of the materials we can find. Planet. The, the the thing that I like the most about the games, and this kind of spans over all of them, is like I mentioned, the environments and the characters. Like my least favorite part about Borderlands One when I was playing it is that your interactions with the characters proper are really like second person. Everything happens over the phone. Everything happens over the echo communicator, and that was really disenchanting. Like there wasn't enough. I guess we've kind of moved away from that because players like having agency, but like there, there was no cutscenes where you're just interacting with the character. Almost everything was a, a small portrait of them next to a little squiggly EKG showing what they were talking about. And that was that was kind of annoying the first time I played through the game. I, it kind of grew on me in the later ones because I, I realized this is the only way that they can convey this while maintaining the player's agency and ability to move around. But the characters are all so energetic and iconic that I loved seeing them. I loved... It would be more interesting if you could see their reactions instead of their kind of almost like Bethesda style, not moving their face a lot when they talk in person. And, like, I thought that would have been a lot more interesting than just the just icon at the top right. Just as characters talking over the phone. One, like, any, any character development feels... It just feels like a plot point just to move you along, to scoot you to the next place. Right, and I mean, more so of the NPCs than of your own character. Your only character doesn't develop as a whole lot until you do. In the later games, they've got... You know, the echoes that let you learn more about the characters. But in the first game, your own character is just you. Like, they don't have a lot of character to themselves is what I felt. Yeah. Um, as opposed no, to the other characters. Like, when you, when you meet Zed, and when you meet, um, what's his name, Scooter. Like, they're all really fun characters that you love to listen to. And it's interesting to talk to them. Because they're all, they're all really silly. Like, everyone in the game, I guess it's part of the product of going to this, you know, scoured desert planet. Is that everyone's either crazy or a little bit foolish. Like, all of the characters, period, are either crazy or kind of stupid. Like, that's what you meet. All the NPCs that give you the side quests, they're all kind of dopey, and they're telling you to do, like, the silliest, most mundane stuff, or the craziest stuff. Like a world gone mad. Precisely. But like that's... Collect that's 10 I, million rocks, and then <laughs> kill the Slayer of Worlds. Yeah, something or like that. Or just open the locker right behind him. Yeah, exactly. And then that's that's and that's what really appealed to me. And I really liked meeting the characters in Borderlands One. And that extend, extends even further in Borderlands Two, when you you get to meet them a little bit better. All right, so I guess we should go into Borderlands Two. That way, I can open my can of worms. <laughs> okay, well, let's start on the sunny side then. Hav, you beat Borderlands Two possibly multiple times. How's Borderlands Two? Uh, I really enjoyed it. I loved moving from location to location. I like that the game starts off really fast. Like, Borderlands 1 starts off at a reasonable pace. You know, you get off the bus and you start shooting the the bandits and you get to Firestone. But in, in Borderlands 2, you, you know, immediately crash into this desert and you already know who the enemy is. Like, there's already, immediately, you know where the story is going to start going. Whereas the first one, it's kind of, it's a little sluggish. Like, you get to Firestone and you're like, oh, there's kind of these people. They're not super friendly. Help me, like, get the power in this machine. Like, it's a little sluggish. It's not till later when you learn about Commandant Steel. Well that's, the, well, that's the big difference between them, is that the first one is just, it, it really is just a loot grinder. Yeah, I mean, you get off the 
bus and you're told you are a vault hunter, you're a treasure hunter, mm -hmm. and you want to find the biggest treasure chest. In the second one, there's there's clearly an antagonist, so you're set there to help free this world from that antagonist. Yeah, the first one almost has, I guess the second one does it too, but the whole vault key aspect, it's very Legend of Zelda. They're like, hey, collect these three pieces of the Triforce so we can get to Ganon's castle. And like, don't yeah. get me wrong, that's a fine, like... It's a suitable and sufficient uh, story motivator for the character to want to go and find Flint and all the other characters that you fight in, in Borderlands. But I, I did I, I did really like the the character and the environment that people have, and the the way everything looks is kind of is pretty red. And the gameplay was fine. It's streamlined enough. Selling stuff is quick. They they changed what they were going for in the story, like between Borderlands One and Borderlands Two, because Borderlands One they were just kind of going for like loot grind with like some other sort of story elements, and I guess, in in my opinion, what I feel to be almost role-playing elements. And then in Borderlands 2, they realized, wait, everyone just loves the characters, and they just love the story that we build along with this thing, so we'll just focus on that a lot more and make it more about, actually, here is, like, the end goal, here is the person you need to kill to, like, save all of Pandora and whatever. And so I think that's just, like, they just realized what was better for them and what the fans wanted, I guess. Yeah, the first one was a lot more, like, universe-building and gameplay-introducing. And the second one, they decided to go a lot closer to the storyline of the characters. Well, yeah, it's uh, it feels more like you described Torchlight, where Torchlight, the story is not important. No, it's just the get to the bottom the and find the dude. Yeah, yeah, it's the, the important part is the is the gameplay, and the way the loot grind works and the way the tree works. That's Borderlands One. Yeah, and learning the enemies. Almost, yeah, yeah, it's almost like a like a Mass Effect where they try to focus it more on the story while not letting the shooting aspects completely go out the window. Right. Which is actually where I ran into problems with Borderlands 2 because I thought the story was really friggin' good, but the gameplay, I felt like, suffered because of what they were trying to go for. Before we get into that, Hav, did you like 2 or 1 better? I liked 2 better. Okay. Alberto, do you like 2 or 1 better? I like 2 a lot better. Okay. So this table is split. Right. Well, I mean, then that's, again, part of what we're getting out of it. Two had a lot more Scooter. It had more Moxie. It had more Handsome Jack. It had more of the characters. Like, there's even... It had way more Handsome Jack than the first one. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Like, it had more Commandant <laughs> Steel even than the... I feel like the second one had more Commandant Steel than the first one did. There's just a whole lot more dialogue. The only person with actual dialogue in one is Tannis, so... An angel? No, yeah. it's a clap track. Or clap <laughs> The clap traps, yeah. <laughs> hey... Go back to Sanctuary and get some more quests. I got, please let me turn you off. Please <laughs> let me turn you off. Yeah, yeah that, that, was, that was a little bit annoying. They're like, hey, this person's got some new stuff for you. It's like, oh, yeah, I, when I go back there, I'll find more stuff. But I guess they kind of wanted to point you in a direction in case you felt lost. Because sometimes the, the world can feel a little expensive. If you're not playing okay. a siren, your character moves so, slow. <laughs> so let me see. Hav, did you beat it by yourself or did you play with friends to beat it? I did not play Borderlands 1 for a single moment with other people. <laughs> Played the okay. whole thing by About myself. Two. Uh, two, I was kind of half and half. I think I beat the game proper by myself, but did most of the DLC with people. All right, Alberta. What about you, Alberta? <laughs> um, I played all of I played all of the like main campaign. I think of Borderlands one and two by myself. I'm pretty sure, Javier. I've only played like just the DLC with you. Yeah, I yeah. So. As but did I, I wow. and so did Jacob. I assume. Yeah, that blows my mind because my biggest problem with it was pacing for single player because when i played it 
what ended up happening was my character was if you just play main storyline mm-hmm. i don't particularly like going off and doing side quests mm-hmm. i usually go for the main story try to progress see new places meet new people see right. the world yep. um i don't want to be stuck in the same place uh fetching purses for people who had them stolen right, that's right. not interesting okay. to me so borderlands 1 lets you do that they give you, they feed you enough levels and enough guns where you can progress by yourself comfortably through the storyline with next to no side quests. Borderlands 2, I ran into a problem where if I didn't do a bunch of side quests, my gun was physically incapable of progressing. I could not kill the enemies. Okay, I can see that being a problem. I definitely felt like there was a lot more. The difficulty did ratchet up, like between, like from chapter to chapter, a little bit more in BL2. Um, as opposed to one. I'm kind of a side quest person. I like to do two or three side quests. Like, I usually just do them all before I moved on to the next area, but that's too slow. I want to see what happens to the characters. But now it's like, do a couple of side quests, because it's funny. Again, I love hearing the characters talk. I love the dialogue. I think it's so clever. Yeah, no, it's I, I, I wouldn't say that that's the wrong way to play. That's that's fine, but it, they need... Right, they didn't give you the option I, I, to play I otherwise. The reason why, I think the reason why it had that problem is it was scaled for two to three people. Okay. Borderlands 1, your character is super strong by yourself, and if you have friends, you're just rolling. Right. The other characters... You're overpowered. The enemies get a little bit stronger, but not Yeah. In 2, it was catered for multiple people, because I did play with someone else. I played with uh, one of my friends, and when we were playing with two people, we were able to go through, and I didn't have any issues. The enemies weren't nearly as bullet spongy. Mm. I wasn't dying immediately. We were able to progress real fast, but I couldn't focus on the story. Right. Because when you play with someone else, you're talking with them. You're not paying attention. You like to get story out of something. You have to play by yourself. Okay, and it's also important that you play with someone who's in a similar, like, story point as you. I feel because yeah, I feel like I played with someone who was a little bit ahead. They're like, "Oh, we've got to do this," and they would just beeline, like, "You stand here so that I can go to this other spot, so we can finish this quest as quickly as possible." I'm like, no, I want to like run outside, yeah. and get run over by Skags for a couple seconds, shoot him down, and then you know bring the power cord back to Firestone. Yeah, there's no exploration when you have two people because exactly. the person knows knows the secrets. Yeah. So he's not gonna let you bumble around. He wants to just play the game. Yeah, because it's frustrating to watch someone do something slow when you know how to do it. This is the portal problem. It's like hard watching yeah. people play portal is stressful. That's not the only game where that's a problem. Well, <laughs> there, this is I, I, in a puzzle game. Of course, it's going to be a nightmare. But I mean, I every time I've tried to play a game where there are multiple people. You just you have to assume the story is not going to matter because everyone's investment in the story, even if everyone is invested in the story, is probably not even for the same beats. I mean, it's, I played Halo Two and just swapped out co-op partners the whole time. That was a long Friday. It was yeah, that was a long Friday. I sat down in a chair and when I stood up, I was done <laughs> with yeah. Halo Two. But um, I mean, it was weird just even having other people incidentally part of my master chief halo man experience actually i think impacted the way that i even read the story myself um and then doing anything that's any more story oriented than halo 2 is completely nightmarish i try to play Baldur's gate shadows of om cannot be played with multiple people unless those people have all already seen all the content okay it just doesn't work um, and this game seems like it suffers the same way, which is weird because we don't have a counterpoint in the room for what Borderlands 2 plays like with Multiple four people. people. Oh, right. I yeah. mean, we don't we don't have anybody here who's done that. I played with three. It's it's 
it's okay. I don't think the loot progression is very good is the problem is that the, the guns you get aren't that exciting so it doesn't scratch the itch quite like Borderlands 1 because Borderlands 1 when you get something suddenly you feel you have that uh, power fantasy you become Superman right it's you you're doing things that the enemies cannot deal with so you feel strong so it's fun to just give them the beat down in two it feels balanced which actually kind of ruins it for me oh I and I'm Jacob, I am absolutely 100% in your camp. There, I ran into the exact same problem both times I've tried to play this game. I had two false starts. Mm -hmm. Start is a little strong. I get six, seven hours in. But essentially, uh, spoilers, when Sanctuary takes off, by the time that happens, you've started fighting robots. And I don't know about you guys, but both times I played, despite the strong emphasis in this game on elemental damage, not one corrosive weapon. Right. A part of the problem I felt with Borderlands, I don't think this was this happened in, in one, but in Borderlands two and the later ones, the access to the shift box I think was one of the biggest problems with that because the items that you get in quests become way less interesting when you can just like throw a key because you you know you paid attention to a Twitter and opened a box in Sanctuary that gave you this like viciously overpowered. Oh, purple I, gun. I I don't indulge any. I, of that. I I made that mistake when I was playing through Borderlands two. When I'm playing through pre sequel right now, I'll do it like every few hours just to see what kind of cool thing I get. But I'll try not to use a gun, because it's it woefully outclasses all your other stuff, and it makes, like, you know, you kill one of the big bosses, and you get his gun. Man, how sick is that? And it does, like, half the damage of this purple gun you got two hours yeah. ago. So that, that shift box is... It's cool. It, again, plays into the power fantasy. I guess that's my, one of the things it might do. It kind of hedges your bet against the stronger enemies. Like, if you're trying to play by yourself, that's maybe what you're supposed to do. But <laughs> it, it makes acquiring loot in a loot-grindy game not interesting, which is not good. I guess it's just that, like, at least... Oh, oh, are you not talking about... Oh, sorry, sorry, Alberto. Are you talking about, um... Are you talking about the box that you have to buy a key for? There's the a chest keys. in Sanctuary. Yeah. yeah, you get the gold keys off of the... Like, the, Twitter or Facebook will give you passwords yeah. every once in a while for gold I'm keys. I'm gonna go ahead and say that that's a universally negative thing okay. in that game. Yes, I, I don't think that's okay at all. They're almost microtransactions, except they're not taking money for it. You have to follow them on Twitter. Right, what also... Are you saying, Alberto? Yeah, yeah uh, sorry. <laughs> you're fine. Uh, I guess I was just saying that, like, at least for me, because I don't think I'd ever, not th at least that I remember, I don't think I'd ever really played a lot of um, loot grinder games before, at least not for the loot grinding. And so I got to Borderlands, and I think I really just enjoyed it because I really liked killing things. I just I just like how cathartic the game feels. And so when I got those, like, super powerful guns, I was just mowing down enemies and just, bah, ha, ha, ha. The whole time, I think that was just like the most fun part for me. It's, but that's Borderlands uh, One. You yeah, just Borla do that. Well, Borderlands Two Borderlands does it better two, because they the have Krieg. Shooting. Yeah, it's the the shooting, the feeling, the feel of shooting is great in that game. When when you connect with someone, there's like weight to it. Mm. It it feels really good. The gameplay in in all three of them actually. Mm -hmm. um, I just think that I got I ended up getting hamstrung, and this is the exact same problem I had with the pre sequel, is the the storyline, the main storyline needs to have a checkpoint gun. You get to a new zone, and this is a, hey, it's not the best gun you could have gotten, but it will get you through this next section. Right. And you didn't have that in Borderlands 2 in the pre-sequel. The pre-sequel, I got a gun in the, in the very first mission. It was a sniper rifle. I used that for eight hours. <laughs> it was a level two sniper rifle. That I used until I was, I think I was like level 12 or 13. 
and I never changed it out because I never found something better. Yeah. So I was having to just kill bullet sponges because they never fed me something to allow me to progress. Right. I think it was fun for me. In Borderlands 2, the best gun I got wasn't a gun. It's just Krieg has the ability to do like way more melee damage. And so this thing about getting all the guns and it's just... I found a lot more fun not using guns. So right. for me, I, Who is Krieg? Krieg's Krieg the, the psycho. psycho. He's, He's one of the DLC a, characters. Yeah. Okay. He's DLC. I was going to say he was not available to me. And his whole thing is he just likes hitting people with the axe, and so that was like... I thought that's Zero's thing. Zero has a sword. Zero has a sword. Krieg is like specifically made to axe things. Most of his like... Yeah, Krieg is a psycho. He has a buzzsaw. What, yeah. is, what does Zero do then? He's a sniper. He sucks. <laughs> he's a sniper. He's, uh, a he's sniper got stuff. a lot more of the... It's a, it's a different stuff. type of tree. I think there's a little bit more like emphasis on critical hits to Zero, as opposed to Krieg, who's just like power and of course the downside is the the ultimate that he gets is like increases chance like by increases damage by 100% on melee attacks but has a 10% chance of hitting yourself so you're you're kind of, it's it's a little silly and it's a very psycho oriented uh, ability so every once in a while like you're you're mowing down enemies with your special ability that just makes you do way more melee damage and you're doing like 200,000 damage a hit and then you just turn this on yourself and you're just almost dead yeah and you're basically and on that's the all based on your level though it's not based on the gun you're holding yeah correct yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, you can get the ones that are like damage. So that, that, fixes, that fixes the gun problem then. Well, because no, not necessarily about the drops. Well, no, not necessarily because it, you'd still be under leveled. The game would still push back at you, I think, unless he is deliberately yeah. designed in such a way that that's not a problem. Oh, in in well, uh, lot in the game's like, defense, Krieg is terrible for the first fifteen or twenty levels. His oh. melee tree is garbage because you can't melee enemies in the first twenty levels. You don't have enough shield. You don't have enough HP. There's too many of them. Like, when it takes you two or three hits to kill an enemy at the very beginning of the game, you're going to die first. Yeah. So you need either a babysitter or you need to just kind of respec later. So this is a really cool, like, like end tree Krieg. It's super cool. It's really interesting. It's a lot of fun when you get to the end game. But at the beginning, it's kind of weak. It's kind of like, I don't know, Brick in the very first level of Borderlands 1. You're given a shotgun and told to fight a whole bunch of psychos. I thought he was the hardest character through that first sequence between Bus and Firestone. Just because well, you get an SMG Rick, with... Well, because he sucks. But. Well, I mean, <laughs> emphasis on rocket launchers is not good when rocket launchers were Well, terrible. especially when... See, and that's... I don't know. I like janky games. I like Dark Souls. Right. Uh, in Borderlands, there's a lot of jank. Uh, like, there's a character, Brick, he was mentioning, that you have these rocket launchers. Um, if you do not hit an enemy or the skybox, the splash damage does not go off. Oh, excellent. So if you shoot and hit any kind of wood, any building, any platform, it just, the rocket never goes off and you don't do any damage. Oh, excellent. It's pretty great. That's well oh, designed. That's, that's a lot worse than And again, I played the Siren. Siren was, was too yeah. good in the first game. Yeah. And, played Roland. Yeah, and then Brick, Soldier. not only is he, he specializes in rocket launchers and using his fists, but there's not a single boss that you can use your fists against. Right. So he's completely useless yeah, in fighting bosses. His action skill is not great for bosses. <laughs> Well, yeah. thankfully, all the bosses in Borderlands 1 can be circumvented by other means, so not a big deal. The rocket launcher ability comes in a lot of handy when you go against the Rack Hive that's just shoot rockets at this thing. Uh, the yeah, hive the, was, the stand was on the cliff boss. and shoot vagina face. Yep. Yeah, something like that. That is a bullet sponge if there ever was one. Uh, that fight was not hard. See, but... Yeah, no, that's... I, I'm not going to defend. Borderlands had possibly the worst collection of bosses of any game ever. Um, because the final boss was so dumb yes. that it ruined a storyline. Pretty lackluster. Yeah, I mean, I was marginally invested in that storyline, and then 
the final boss is pretty terrible. I guess it's part of, like, uh, maybe we're buying into 2K here, but, like, the DLC was pretty sweet. I thought the ending of of okay. Zombie Island and Dr. Think, Ned was dope. I thought was. the ending of Claptrap was dope. Okay, I'm not going to defend uh, Zombie Island or Moxie. I think those were bad DLC. No, Moxie, Moxie was much great. worse. Moxie was terrible. Um, it was so slow. The pacing was awful. It's also um, impossible to do the 20 round ones, but we'll get into that. Uh, Never irrelevant. <laughs> uh, it sucks. We'll just drop. It. Yeah. Um, yeah. The DLC for Borderlands One like really started to unlock the potential at General Knox and Claptrack. Yep. General Knox was really really good. It had a new a new world that felt kind of cool. Um, they, they didn't just feed you too many guns, which is a problem that Diablo had where the loot grind is stupid because they just throw so much useless garbage at you. It just becomes a blur. Mm -hmm. The problem with general Knox is that it, it's centered on one town and you either go East or West. So as soon as you're done with a mission, you close the game and open it back up. Right. And it it's saves you about 15 minutes. Yeah. Like it's, it's not well designed. Uh, Claptrap has a hub that spiders off and the characters are given time to breathe so you get to know the characters mm -hmm. and every time you go out to a mission you're exploring a new zone that looks different and feels different with new enemies right. well besides all the Claptraps but hmm. yeah of course that, that was probably the peak of it because everything came together where it was you're still at a character who felt powerful. All the guns you were getting, even if they weren't great, were interesting. And then you would find good guns, whether you wanted to or not. The storyline was not particularly interesting, but it was good enough. That's fine. And the characters were were intriguing. And then going and on to what you said about the end of the regular game is that the boss, the the Minac at the end is way more satisfying than the the boss in the story proper. The final boss, yes, way more interesting. I really like Dr. Dr. Ned's Island a lot more, though, but I guess that's just because of, again, I really like just the killing things. And there's infinite things to kill in that one, and you get to just, like, test out tons of guns and shoot all the zombies, and yeah, it feels amazing. Yeah, you get to feel super powerful. Yeah. That's where, like, that's, the, like, the peak of the power fantasy thing, really, in that entire game. Because you can still die in that in that one, kinda. It's The boss is also like, pretty difficult. So. Yeah, the boss is definitely I mean, that was tricky. But it's, you still get to kill tons of stuff, and it feels, like, rewarding to do so. Right. One grenade just knocks out like ten zombies, and that feels awesome. So you guys didn't have a problem in Borderlands Two. By the time you were fight, I mean it was literally it was as soon as robots started showing up that the game just started pushing back in a really unappealing oh, way. Oh, the Wilhelm fight, yeah, yeah, it got no, really no, it hard. Was, then. It was before then. Was it the it the prison then. I think where you break where you try to get yes. Roland or something like that? It's, yeah. yeah, it's where there's you, like a courtyard where there's a huge like, yeah you break spawning. Roland out of the yeah, prison. Right, right. I could not get through that it, fight. It it's, was it's I had just, to just as soon as wait it, for my uh, power to get back up so I can keep throwing axes at the monster. I just there's nothing. There, there was nothing that could keep me moving through the game. And then on top of that, as soon as Sanctuary disappears, the story, um, the story starts getting pushed forward by a character who betrayed you, which is in and of itself kind of a crappy plot point. Right. Um, they could have maybe manufactured a reason why we should trust Angel at that point. Besides, the closest that we got was we have no other choice. Yeah, yeah, it was a little unsatisfying. That's, I'll agree. That's a crappy reason. Like, there's maybe 20 minutes where you guys are like, "No, we're not listening to you, Angel." And then you know you collect more characters, and then wait, actually, she might have the right idea here. So it was a little odd. Um, I I didn't really notice that one. 
that didn't deter me. I you didn't even make it to what I think is the worst part of the entire game, which is when you're about to reconnect with Sanctuary, you have to sit on a King of the Hill kind of thing, and they just spawn hundreds of robots. That sounds fun. And I've had break before where it never called Sanctuary. It just kept spawning them. I literally sat there for about 15 minutes game time, beating enemies that were not satisfying to shoot. Right. Until I quit the game, reloaded it, and it instantly connected with Sanctuary. <laughs> Well, that's unlucky. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, can ima- I can imagine that being literally the next scene I almost got to. I was going <laughs> yes. down a, I was going down a valley full of glitching, whatever the hell they are, and then I was about to walk into like a dock of some kind, and it was literally, it was almost like geographically symbolic that I was climbing uphill at the time. I was like going up toward this base. It's like I don't, I don't care what's on the other side of this base. It's just in loot grinder games. Like I know that there are a lot of people who obsess over specking out characters in games like Diablo and are willing to put them, put the challenge forward. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of those people. That's not what I come to those games for. So I, it, you know, Borderlands One was perfect the first time around because even not knowing anything about what was going on, you pick some guns you like. Um, most of them work fine, and every once in a while you have to, like, duck and weave around people that run at you, but other than that, you're basically just murdering fools the whole time. Right. And that's fun. That's, that's what I come to that kind of video game for. Mm. Um, and Borderlands 2 just didn't get that for me. I also, I mean, a lot of people, um, a lot of people seem to not like Handsome Jack. I think he may actually be my favorite character in the series, if only because people don't like him. What people don't like? He's my favorite Jack. character in video gaming in a long there's time. There's a there's a lot of people who hate him, and I, you know what? I think he's perfect for Borderlands. I don't understand why they hated him. Yeah. It's such a unique character archetype that we don't see. We always see the he's megalomaniac who knows he's a bad guy. Handsome Jack is so sure that he is the hero in the story, and. You know, so he has to knock a couple heads to get there, but he's theoretically doing everything for the good of everyone, and you're the bad guy. Like, it's such a more interesting dynamic than, I'm going to destroy the world. He's like, no, I'm trying to rid the world of these bandits and Crimson Raiders that I never want to see again because they're the problem. Oh, I didn't get to that part in the story. I liked Handsome Jack because I thought he might be the best cast voice actor I've heard. He had the right voice. Yeah. I mean, it's impossible to imagine him with any other voice. Right. Yeah, yeah you didn't get Patrick's to. I, yeah. I mean, it was one of the. It's one of my favorite story points, probably in video games, was uh, the bunker. That whole the first time you uh, encounter Handsome Jack, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. That that scene where you find out about the daughter and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like that like, I loved that boss fight. Yeah, I, was the boss the fight where itself was kill awful. Angel? The actual bunker, um, or right after the bunker when you play with Angel? Right after the bunker. Okay, so like when you're about to kill and then Angel, you get and he's cast like, "Don't out kill my daughter." He's hide out, and he steals Lilith and all that kind of crap. Right, right, right. Oh yeah, that part. That part was really good. Yeah, it's a great moment. Like, that's the moment where he's lost it all. That's the moment where he's no longer. He doesn't want to be the good guy. He doesn't want to be the bad guy. He just wants revenge on you at this point. Uh oh. Mm. All right, there we go. I'm blaming this on Jacob. <laughs> what? We'll open what? Jacob. We can only hear you, Jacob. That's probably fine. This is a podcast. What? 
we're getting the same experience the listeners are. <laughs> Look, if all we were looking for was audio, this setup would be a lot, lot simpler. It would be much simpler. Jacob. Am I still... I'm, is my face still not there? Um, no, you have been replaced by a Google icon. Oh, those are Skype. Oh, that's all right. Good You've been right. replaced by a better looking face. Damn. <laughs> it's basically the Incredibles. Does Stand Handsome Jack ever take that face off? Yes. Yeah. You take his face. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. oh At okay. the very end, you see what Is it just like. his face underneath? For the most part, yes. I think he's got a vault scar. I mean, we're, we're, in, we're interested in full disclosure. Yeah, he just has like a vault scar on his face. Oh, okay. And that's the reason why he doesn't like the sirens. I think there, there's some like somewhat undisclosed moment where he Angel does something to him and to her mother and that's why he hates the, the sirens uh, in general and that's that's his problem with them and he's got this big ugly scar. I mean in pre-sequel he has the same face except without the, the bolts you know that the top and the bottom of his face that are holding the mask on Yeah. so his mask is literally just his face the problem is he was viciously okay, scarred in this accident that's, that's exactly what I wanted to hear right. it's the idea that it was going to be some awful reveal of so I, I like the idea of oh you were thinking like Mission Impossible like well that's that would be the lame way to do it where it's like ah oh, the fu- it, there was to, tennis to, the whole to time. add some yeah to add some, well either that or he's I just horribly def- disfigured or something mm-hmm. I like the idea that he just has a picture of his own face on there that's yeah good. no he is he, he thought he was pretty handsome and there was this you know ugly scar that shows up and he's like yeah I got to go back to what I was before Jacob are you there yeah probably okay just make sure hello. It's funny, Handsome Jack is kind of the shtick of the series once they realize it. I think that's why the story picked up, is because in pre-sequel, it's about learning about Handsome Jack. And again, full disclosure, uh, Tales from the Borderlands has a huge focus on Handsome Jack. And so it's it's kind of, I call it the Toy Story effect, where the the funniest part about Toy Story is Buzz Lightyear. Because in the first movie, he's realizing he's not really a space ranger. In the second one, they go to a toy store to find another Buzz Lightyear who doesn't realize he's a space ranger. And the third one, he gets reset to realize, to think he's a space ranger again. So, like, they found this particular character that is really compelling and really funny to listen to, and they just played him out. And I think that's great, because Handsome Jack is a fantastic character. He's so fun to listen to. He's so ruthless in his tactics and his his goals. And again, it's, I'm still lost on this idea that people don't like Handsome Jack. Yeah. Who would have been better? Did you just want another flipping, like, uh, what's his face like nine finger net or whatever his name was yeah. to be behind everything yeah nine toes nine toes yeah. and three balls yeah oh. exactly i mean if the consensus or, around this room is that he's fine then whatever we don't have to oh, keep fine. harping on it yeah Handsome jack is fine yeah and then we've got the other characters too like a little a little bit generic but moxie's still pretty funny you know the hooker with a heart of gold thing is funny and then scooter is hilarious to listen to i love just listening to all the characters even like, Hammerlock is also super funny. He's got that great proper gentleman thing, but sometimes he gets, like, really angry during the, you know, some of the side quests, and that's it's funny to listen to. I think the characters have so much personality, and that's what I love about the game. And then in, at least pre-sequel, uh, your character actually talks more to whoever you're talking to via Echo, and I think that's even more compelling, because we get to learn more about Nisha and Wilhelm and the Claptrap. Yeah, I guess that could be Athena. interesting for that. I don't know. I, I feel like um, they just did a really good job. Because, again, like like I said, I like the combat most. And mm. I think they did a really good job by just saying, okay, here are going to be really interesting, really fun characters. They're going to fill the entire, like, gap you might have of wanting story and compelling dialogue and stuff. Mm-hmm. You can go back to killing stuff now. 
And so it's because, like, I don't know, I like that they did it so well that it's just, like, it covered everything else that was needed. All right, now, now we definitely lost them. We stare into the laptop, and the laptop's just Reflection back of ourselves, I guess. Yeah. So no one here is beat pre-sequel, so we don't have to cover that? No, I've heard it's pretty good. Nick keeps telling me to finish it, so I, I feel like it's it's got to be interesting. New Bad Guys is fun. The It's Doll, I think. Doll. It's the corporation that's in charge of the bad stuff. Roll doll. Oh, that's right. That's before the yeah, exactly. Hyperion. Got yeah, it's between uh, episodes. It's between Borderlands 1 and 2. Wait, when was Atlas the power? Was that Borderlands 1? Atlas? Uh, maybe. I think so, yeah, because that's who Commandant Steel is working for. That's okay, who the yeah. Crimson Lance is working for. That sounds right. If yeah. only there was someone who knew this answer for completely certain. <laughs> but he appears to be having connection problems. Yeah. Atlas is Bioshock. No, Atlas is... Atlas shows up in a lot of things. Yeah. Atlas is a big symbol. That yeah. was Mitchell providing commentary. And then even, like, aside from the, uh, the the gun looting aspects, I did think they had they did a fun job with giving characteristics to the... Not just the individual gun types, but the gun manufacturers. I thought was pretty sweet. Oh, yeah. That, like, that SNS really Munitions cool. and Bandit just had more ammo. You know, Hyperion reloaded really fast. RIP had... Um... David, you have no circles for your eyes. <laughs> Hav has giant black Um, I think he's laughing, so there's a giant white mouth is. Oh, goodness. This connection is not working as well as it did last time. Yeah. Welcome. Okay, it's slowly getting better. Where the hell are you? Sitting where I always sit. The internet has not bobbled, I think. I mean, this could be our fault. I'm not ruling that out, but it's not our fault. This is on you. All right. Unless Mitchell's oh, sucking yeah. up all the bandwidth over there. No, I stopped using the Wi-Fi because it was sucking. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it might so be on us. It's actually the Wi-Fi's fault. Well, if we... I don't know. Is it worth it to take a break and try this later, or what? No. No, we're just going to grind through? No. No. no How much more we do got, we have to talk got, about? Yeah, no, we talked about just about everything. It was... I mean, my big points were talked about. Yeah. The fact that they vouched it for multiple people, so I ended up getting stuck. Right. I mean, yeah, I guess it's fair. We talked about the combat being satisfying like most of the time. Video. Me and my brother loving the story. Uh, the loot grind being a relevant aspect. I was just about to talk about the guns, but that's kind of peripheral. Like, I looked like the, the manufacturers had personalities. You know, these ones had did more damage. These ones reloaded faster. This one, the Molly ones were elemental. Like I, I think the guns, I liked how the guns developed even, like, the character's own sort of story. Like, you could, it was almost like you could tell more about the character, at least in my opinion, you could tell about the character by what guns they were using, mm -hmm. by, like, what, by what brand of gun they were using, at least, like, and it, at least for every different type of gun. Because mm -hmm. for me, I, like, for me, I felt like what most developed you as a character, because, like, at least in Borderlands 1 and 2, they didn't do a whole lot of job of just saying, like, these are your characters and this is their story. So it was more about just, like, you playing that character and you developing your own story through them. Mm -hmm. And I think through the combat and, like, what what trees you chose to take and how you chose to go about killing stuff and, like, you know, what weapons you chose and stuff like that, I think that helped to develop you as a character a lot more. Right. I, know, I, I, guess it's, I guess it's in kind of an obvious way. But just the fact that, like, you you uh, invest a lot more into a particular tree on a character and then find all the guns that best help that does right. help develop you as a character because you know how you're going to tackle every problem because every problem's combat. Right. And I really like that part a lot. I feel like that helped yeah. the story part. 
That was satisfying. There were the small levels that had the, the, the echoes spread around so you could learn more about the characters. I thought that was fun. That's what I figured. Shut up. Mitchell stood up. I did. I have a question going back to you were talking about how Destiny is kind of the spiritual successor to Borderlands. How much do you think Borderlands has influenced other games or other media? Uh, because I was thinking, uh, obviously, Borderlands was heavily influenced by the original Mad Max trilogy. Right. You can see that in, with yeah. all the references to Thunderdome and Road Warrior and everything like that. And then in turn, I think that Fury Road took a lot of influence, or seemed to have some influence at least from Borderlands itself. Is Fury Road the newest one? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. There, There's one scene where it literally sounds like a psycho is talking. He's yeah. even got the white face. Like, it was remarkably close. So... Um, I think the largest influence Borderlands has had transmedia is in keeping Gearbox solvent as a studio. Yeah. Um, because basically everything they've put out since Borderlands 1 has been garbage. So... I'd say Borderlands 2 is pretty good. <laughs> okay. Other than the Borderlands games. Right, okay. Yeah, I mean... They put out Colonial Marines, didn't they? They put out Colonial Marines. Yeah. They put out Mad Max, which was received not well. They put out Duke Nukem. They've which was been received very poorly. Yeah, they haven't been doing so hot. Mad Max looked cool. I mean, Mad what's, what's, what's really the other one? Game. Battleborn was announced at almost exactly the same time that the Blizzard version was. Like Overwatch. 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 Yeah, like it's literally the same game except from a different studio. Gearbox actually didn't put out Mad Max. That was the team that does Just Cause. However, they did put the finishing touches on Duke Nukem Forever, which was horrible. They made Aliens Colonial Marines, which was horrible. And they remastered Homeworld in such a way that it broke the tactical mechanics of the game. And in that context, I stand by my assertion that they are very lucky Borderlands is so good. Are you going to trust Blizzard or specifically the guys who made Borderlands? Like Borderlands! Is, I, that's what I did. I was in the, the beta for that. But, like, uh, they've... Uh, you're right. It's the one thing that's kept them relevant at all. And I think, to me, that's fine. Like, I love the Borderlands series. I'm going to play it more when I get home. I'm going to play it more <laughs> when they... He's going to play it right after we finish this. No, podcast. like, I, I bought... I pre-ordered pre-sequel. Because I was excited to play it, and then shortly after, my computer got very weak. I had, like, a RAM stick die, so I couldn't play games for, like, eight months. So I had this new game that I just didn't get to play for longer than an hour. And I was okay with that, because, like, it's the idea that if you like a producer, you buy their content so that they can make more of it. If you like your favorite artist, you're not going to download the CD you know, off of BitTorrent. You're yeah. going to buy it <laughs> off of iTunes. It's kind of the I ideal situation. I know not everybody does that. But that was kind of what I was going for. Like, if they keep making more games like this, like, new characters, old characters, I really don't care at this point. Like, I love the No matter feel. how much bullshit they put down between them. I love the feel of the Borderlands series. Just just make another Krieg, Borderlands, just, or Gearbox. Just make another Krieg character, and I will buy your game, and I will love every second of it. Oh, there's plenty of characters. I think that was another... None of them were cool. <laughs> another fun thing that I liked is that all the characters felt really strong. Like, once you get to, like, oh, yeah, level 30, it's like, oh, man, I'm doing this much damage, and I'm doing this well at evading. And it's like, all the characters feel powerful, which is really hard to do in a game. But none of them sound as powerful as... Well, right, yeah. That's, a that's, new that's, killing tool. That's fine. Yes. Sometimes you get a meat bicycle. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I I enjoyed playing with the, the, the few characters that I played with in, in Borderlands 1 and 2. I don't think I played Brick in 1, but I played the other three. Um... But yeah, I think it's fun that to, to balance the characters in a way that they all feel interesting, they all feel unique. And I don't know, I think the game was well done. I'll play more of it in the future, I'll play more of the old games. Fine by me, that's one of my top rated games. Mm -hmm. What do you think, kiddo? Um, yeah, I think, I think, um... Wait, did, I, did Gearbox have anything to do with Tales of the Borderlands? Like, did they no. help make it? Okay, mm -hmm. no. No, they sent Telltale... Telltale. And IP. Like assets, oh, yeah. Okay. And <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. 
Yeah, I didn't know about that one. But, no, yeah, I think That might not be true, but whatever. I'm not sure. But, no, I think that they, um, from how I liked Borderlands 2 a lot more, I think they finally got, like, at least as far as I'm concerned, as long as that, as far as I'm concerned, the formula for Borderlands pretty much right off of Borderlands 2. Mm -hmm. A lot more violence, a lot more funny stuff, and just, like, it's, it's not a serious game. And so it's good that they realize that. If right, they continue yeah. to expand on that, then they're going to do fine with that. Mm-hmm. And on that note, since Jacob is apparently a wall, I need to replace this router. This will be the fifth router uh-huh. I buy Damn. since <laughs> I moved do. out of my parents' house, which was not all that long ago. No. It's probably about a year ago, at least, right? Yeah, I apparently burned through routers. I don't know what I'm doing. I have replaced every piece of electronic wear that has ever been plugged into that, except for <gasps> my work laptop, which I'm almost certain is responsible for all of this, except that I can't do anything about that. So, all right, well, you know, I blame Comcast. What? Well, you would blame Comcast. <laughs> Wizards. Tech support, man. <laughs> I blame Wizards of the Coast. I blame VPNs. They no, I just meant Comcast or Wizards because they arrive exactly when they say they will. Oh, true. Never early, never late. Since anyway, I intend to. so we got our closing thoughts out of the way. Yeah, All right, so. that's Borderlands. I give it a four out of five. It's a good time. I give it a five out of five. I enjoyed playing it. I think I'd give it eight splattered psychos out of ten. Just eight. Eight. Okay. That's, I, I what's your nine out of ten? What's your ten out of ten? What's my ten out of? What's my yeah. ten out of ten? Ten out of ten. My ten out of ten. <laughs> Have I even gotten a ten out of ten recently? I don't even know what a ten out of ten would be. But it wasn't that. I didn't enjoy every single moment of playing Borderlands 2. That shows a tremendous amount of critical discretion. (laughs) If I'm standing in for Jacob, I'm going to give Borderlands 1 a 5 out of 5, and Borderlands 2 a 2 out of 5. All right, that sounds fair to me. Seems about right. Jacob will will agree, whether he's aware of it or not. Post in the comments if you agree or disagree, Jacob. What, yeah. If that sounded like Jacob's impressions, let us know at actualgarbage.net at gmail.com. Um, correction since last time, none. So all of our facts were accurate. I'm happy to say no one sent in any emails correcting or amending anything we said. So it can all be taken as oh, fact. Yeah, I think we, we, I posted a little comment string on the millions of people in Orlando, but that's the only interesting. Yeah. Uh, and we fixed it, so it's all good. Yeah, that happened. Well, I, d- I didn't fix it. I just said that's what I was talking about, right. even though it would have made more sense to talk about the city. Right. Irrelevant. <gasps> Hav. Alberto, Mitchell now, <laughs> Jacob in absence. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for having us as Thanks always. Thanks for having us, David. You're welcome. Goodbye, everybody. Tune in, um, I don't know, Tuesday? Ish. That's not going to make any sense. This is probably going up on another day. Tune in Tuesday anyway. There might be something on the site. Who knows? This is David signing off. Thanks for listening. <laughs>